Rabakama Dav Pei Zayin. We're starting from the very bottom of Pei Vlava Amid Beis, and we're in the middle of Rabbi Yehuda Shita about the liability that blind people have. We saw already that Rabbi Yehuda holds from uh, Drashos that a blind person who humiliates somebody else does not have to pay uh, for Boshes. We saw that he does not, um, he's not Chayev for going to Gullus, he's not Chayev for capital punishments, he's not Chayev for Malkius. And now we continue, Tani Idach, another bride from Rebuta Omer, Suma in Loboshes. A blind person is not liable for humiliation, top of the Alpha Chain. I read the poetry, we call Dinish Retar. Rebuta would exempt a blind person from all monetary laws in the Torah. So, meaning, what does that mean? It means that he can't be a judge or a time Vinitan in any court and in any court of law. My time in Rebuta, where do we see this? Amar Krav, Shav to Eidah, Bin Amako, Bin Gol, Daman, Mishpatim, Eilat says, that the Eidah should judge between the Maka and the Goa from all of these Mishpatim. So we expand as follows. Koshiyash of a Maka of a Goa Adam, anyone who's included in the Halachas of a Maka and a Goa Adam, Yeshem Mishpatim, he's also included in the monetary laws of the Torah. Koshiyash of a Maka of a Goa Adam. But anyone who's not included in the laws of a Maka and the Goa Adam, he is not included in any of the monetary laws in the Torah. So since the blind person is exempt, we saw already from the death penalty and from the punishment of Galos, so he's excluded as well from all monetary laws. So it's a tremendous chiddish that he's excluded from monetary laws, but it comes out that way because of um, this Akash in the Torah. Now more, Tanya Idach, Rabbi Yudah, Rabbi Suma, in the Bosh, the blind person is not liable for humiliation. Rabbi says further, that a blind person is potter from all the mitzvahs that are in the Torah. So he's saying not only is he, is he not included in the liability for monetary laws, but he doesn't, he's not chayv in any of the mitzvahs that the Torah says. What is Rabbi Yudah's reason for exempting a blind person from all the mitzvahs in the Torah? Amar Kral, the Pasuk says, So we dashed in Koshi, Yeshu Mishpatim, anyone who's included in monetary laws, Yeshu Mishpatim, Hukim, he's included in all the mitzvahs. Koshi, Yeshu Mishpatim, anyone who's not included in monetary laws, Enoba Mitzvah Hukim, he's not included in command in the mitzvahs of Hukim. So once we said that the blind person is not included in monetary laws, so then he's not included in the mitzvahs as well. So there's all a long, a long reverberating effect here. Rabbi Yudah Dash, he's from, from, uh, from, from, from monetary laws because he was so to, 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 to going to Galas. And once we got that point out that he's so to monetary laws and he's not included in them, so he's not, he's not included in the mitzvahs as well. Says the Gemara, I used to say, Rav Yosef says, Someone told me that the Allah was like Rav that a blind person is a potter from Mitzvah. I would make a holiday for the Rabbanan. I'd be very happy. Because it would mean that I, Rav Yosef was blind, it would mean that I am not commanded to do the Mitzvahs. And yet I still do the Mitzvahs. So clearly, that would show how much closer I am to Hashem, how much more reward I'm going to get, so on and so forth. That even though I'm not Chayev, I'm still doing the Mitzvahs. But now, now that it's greater to do something, um, a commandment, than to do it without being commanded. So then, once I heard that, when I'm commanded, I have more reward. So it's interesting. There's like a back and forth on the simcha. And the happiness that Rabbi Yosef would feel, whether or not knowing the halacha is like Rabbi Yudah or not, or not like Rabbi Yudah. Initially, he thought hearing the halacha um, is like Rabbi Yudah would, would bring him a greater amount of dedication and reward. But ultimately, he's realizing that hearing the halacha is not like Rabbi Yudah would be better for it. Okay, there's an interesting discussion just to know whether or not 
the Suma who is potter for mitzvahs is chayiv in mitzvahs midrabanan. And Taisus claims he is still chayiv in mitzvahs midrabanan. And Taisus says it has to be that way because or else he wouldn't have any connection to being Jewish. Uh, what's interesting though is that it does it is mashman Taisus then that he's also able to do los essays because if he would not be allowed to do los essays, that itself would be the connection to Judaism. So it would seem from Taisus that as Suma not only is he not chayiv in mitzvahs, he's not obligated in the los essays, and that's what Kufa Taisus is saying. But it has to be that midrabanan they did mandate that he is, or else he would not have a connection to Yiddishkeit. Says the Mishnah, There's a, this is a strategy that a person who injures a person is more hammer over an ox that injures a person. A person who pay, a person has to pay for permanent damage, for pain, for, for the medical bills, for Shabbos, and for Boshas. And in a case where he injures a pregnant woman, he also has to pay for the fetus if it's a miscarriage. But in regard to the order of an ox, in when an ox does damage, you only have to pay for the nezek. And in addition, besides for the fact you don't pay the other four categories, the owner as well is not liable to pay the value of the fetus if an ox, if his ox injures a pregnant woman. Continues the Mishnah. Hamakas Avivizimo. Someone strikes his father, mother, v'loz, and chabur, and he doesn't make a chabur on them. So therefore, he doesn't have a capital offense. Machova chabur yom kipper. Someone who wounds his friend on yom kipper, where it's only kares. But again, not a capital offense. Chai Bakulin is obligated for all of them, all the five categories of payment. There's no Kimu Rabbinay in that case. Someone who wounds a Evid, every Chai Bakulin is liable for all things. Except for the loss of employment when the slave is his. In other words, if he wounds his own Evid, he doesn't have to pay the loss of employment because the master himself is the one who loses and therefore he doesn't have to pay, but he does have to pay for the other one. Someone who wounds an Evid Kanani that belongs to somebody else, Chai Bakulin is liable to pay for all of them. So in this case, it's like an interesting, in Ebekinani, it's considered Ba'amiso, he's considered somewhat Jewish, he has, he has mixed as keras, so he does have to pay for, for uh, so he does have to pay for all of the, all of the things. Rabbi Yudah says, no, Avadim don't receive Boshas, and we'll see a source for this in tomorrow's daf. Continues the Mishnah, regarding having contact with them is bad, in what sense? Because if you wound them, you are liable who are liable for, for hurting them. But if they wound other people, they are not liable. Um, they are not liable they, because the mice that they did, they did without that. So therefore, they're not, they're not accountable for what they have done. I have a issue regarding a Canaanite slave and, and, a, and a Jew. And so just to explain what the mission was saying, therefore, dealing with them is bad. It's like, it's ironic. If I hurt them, I'm liable. If they hurt me, they are positive. So therefore, any interaction with them can only come out bad for me. Regarding the Kanani slave and the Jewish woman, because in raw contact with them is bad. If you wound them, you are liable. If they wound other people, uh, they are not liable. They're exempt from paying because they don't have what to pay with. But remember, they have das. They are responsible fundamentally. So even if they don't have pay, what to pay with, so they're not liable now, but they would have to pay afterwards. What is that case? That means if the woman was subsequently divorced, or Nishtach or Evid or the slave was then freed, so they have their own property, so then and then they would be obligated to pay. Really, they're chayv to pay at the time of the injury. They're only excused because they don't have what to pay with. So then at the time that they acquire assets, they would have to pay. However, the Mishnah concludes, and this is really the contrast to the earlier part of the Mishnah, if somebody in, strikes his father mother, and he does make a wound on them, so now he's chai of Misa, or somebody wounds his friend on Shabbos, where again he's chai of Misa, and he's exempt from all of them, all the five categories, because here he is punished with losing his life. So you have a Kim Lebedaramine, so since you have a Kim Lebedaramine sort of situation, so, uh, so, so therefore, it exempts from the punishment. 
Someone who wounds his own Evakinani is potter from paying all of them. So even though even though we said before that there is um, there is there there is a chiyuv for, for for striking the Evakinani, that's all for for striking somebody else's Evakinani. But in the case where the Evakinani belongs to you, so you own it. So therefore, since you own it, it's your property. So therefore, um, so therefore you're you are, you are potter. Says the Gemara, a question. What happens if somebody wounds a minor girl, uh, somebody else's minor girl? Who did the injury go to? So certainly you are liable uh, for striking this girl, but the question is, who gets it? So does the father get it or does she get it? We know that the Torah gives any gain that she has when she's a Nara, when she's still not yet 12 and a half, that goes to her father. So where do we know all this? Because the Pasuk says that these are the things that the Torah says, Binirah, base of the Yacht, and we darshan, when as long as a girl is a Nara and she's by her father's house, she, it's as if she belongs to him. So any any income or any money that she gets, let's say from Kedushin, those things go to her father. So therefore, why don't we say that if someone injures her, so the, the injury payments as well go to the father. My time, huh? The, 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 her value is less, right? The father has a right. And now the Gemara is like explaining a little bit <clears throat> why it is that you go to the father. Because the father has a right to sell his minor daughter as an Amaha Ivriya. So this injury means that, um, that, that her, value, her value is less. So therefore, it should be included as Shivachnu Urim and it should go to the father. Odomar, we say Shivachnu Urim, Dr. Rahman, no, the general Shivachnu goes to the father. Like what case? Like let's say he marries her off. She accepts Kedushin, he gets the Kets Kedushin, because if he would want to give her an over, in, if he would want to give her over in marriage to someone who has boils, he could technically do such a thing. In other words, the reason is, since a father can marry her off to whoever he chooses, is speaking to Sati Lishazad. So therefore, he's automatically entitled to get any Kets Kedushin that comes, because that's all part of his rights. For injury payments, if he wants to wound her, he's not able to wound her. To wound her, a person is not allowed to do that. You're not, you're not allowed to strike somebody else, including your own daughter. So therefore, that he gets the payments. In other words, in regard to the case of Kedushin, it's almost we know that it is the father. Because the father has the right to marry her off. And he can marry her off to anybody. So therefore, it is assumed that when there is case of Kedushin, it should go to, it should go to him. But in the case of Chavala, where he has no rights over Chavala, the Gemara is saying, all right, they can't injure her. So therefore, if, if, if there is uh, money that comes to her for injury, maybe it does not, <coughs> perhaps it does not go, perhaps it does not go to the father. No, the damages are not included. They go to the girl. It only goes the gains that she has while she's in Naras, but damages do not go. It does not, it does not, it does not include these things. So the Mar says, "Isve we have a cash for mission. Chol ve'eved every someone who's, who wounds an eved every chayv a kulin has to pay for all the five categories. Chos benav shavas except for shavas who's not shulah when the servant is his. So what does that mean? That we basically say that the master receives the shavas because he has the right to make the eved work. So so we should say the same thing. A father should receive his daughter's shavas in such a case, just as we say that when a girl would work, their earnings would go to her father." And we also say, if he has works, it goes to the master. So if we see a third party pays the Shavas to the master, so we should assume that the third party should have to pay the Shavas to the father of the girl. Because at the end of the day, any money that she makes generally goes to the father. So the loss here of employment is to the father. So the Gemara says, you're right. Of course, Rav agrees with Shavas that the father receives it. Because her earnings until Bagos go to her father. Rav meant only 
that the physical damage is not kept by the father, but rather is kept by the girl. So the Gemara says, Isfei, we have a kasha from Ra, from the bride. So, but we know Gadol. Someone who wounds his adults on Ethan and Liyad, you should, should, should give him full compensation right away. You <coughs> should pay him, you should pay him right away. If he wounds his minor son, he should have a trust set up for him. So he's obligated to pay him. <coughs> but since he's a minor, we want to make sure that it stays good. So we set up a trust. What exactly is the trust? We'll see a little bit later. Someone who wounds his minor daughter, he's not liable. Not only that, if other people wound her, they have to pay the father. So what do we see? That since you have the father, his kilu has jurisdiction over his younger daughter, his minor daughter is his. So therefore, he's potter if he strikes her, and other people who strike her have to pay the father. So we see that the father receives the payments for the daughter's injury. So the Gemara says the same answer. It's just dealing with the loss of employment. But the other injury payments, the father might not necessarily be entitled to. So now the Gemara wants to comment on the bride. Okay, so we're, again, we're in the middle of a discussion about the injuries that occur to a minor daughter, whether or not she gets it or the father gets it. Okay, that was one point. But the Maisa, we mentioned here in the Brisa, somebody who wounds his adult son has to be compensated him immediately, and for a minor son, he sets up a trust. So now the Gemara's question, no, God, is it true? With someone who wounds his adult son, he has to compensate him right away. Look at this Brisa. We have a contradiction here. It says in another Brisa, someone who wounds the sons or the daughters of other people, if they are adults, he's in the miyad. You should give them full compensation right away. Kitanim, if they are minors, then you should set up a trust for them. However, if someone injured his sons or his daughters, he's not liable even if they are adults. So in the first price that we said, if someone injures his adult children, he has to pay. Here in this price, it says, if someone injures his adult sons or daughters, he's not liable. So it's a contradiction in the price. So someone who injures his adult sons or daughters, is he liable or is he not? So the Gemara answers, Amri Lokash, it's not difficult. The second bride was talking about where the children are dependent on the father's table, meaning he still supports them. So therefore, he's not liable if he injures them. So Pashtus, it means that it doesn't it means he doesn't have to compensate them for the loss of employment, but Pashtus, he would still have to pay them for the uh, for the other things. But Pashtus, it means regarding Shavas, since he's supporting them, he doesn't he doesn't have to pay them for the loss of uh, wages. Whereas Khan, the first bride saw. We're talking about what they're not dependent on the father's table. So they're, 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 they're earning their own stuff. The further for the father is fully liable for injuring them, including paying for their loss of employment. So the Mara says, But my came to look at my so what do you establish the first price of Shane Sukhan It's where they have the children not dependent on the father's table. That's why he has to pay them even Shevas. What about the latter part of that first price? It says, If someone wounds his minor daughter is not liable, if other people wound her, they have to pay the father. So, if the first part of the part of the bride is talking about that they the father is um, is not supporting them, so presumably that's the case here that the father is not supporting his daughter. So then, what's going on? So then, the mother should have to pay her. She needs her own sustenance. The father is not supporting her. Even according to the opinion who says that for a slave, a master can say, "Work for me, but I'm not going to sustain you." In other words, there's one opinion that for an evikinani. <coughs> master doesn't have a chiyah to support him. How do you love a kanani? Maybe that's only true for a kanani. You work for me the whole day. Lord says, and at night you should go, uh, go and eat. Meaning, even though he goes to work all day, he could beg at night to obtain food and then eat like a free person. So he's saying, as a master, just because I make you work during the day, I don't have to give you food. So that's all for an evik kanani. But there's such a time. Evik every regarding a Hebrew slave, the same It says that it should be good 
for him with you, which implies that with you, meaning you have to give him food and drink. Loa. Obviously, the master can't say, work for me and I'm not going to give you food. So obviously, in Evid Ivri, you have to give food. The kosher can be to all the more so. You can't say that to your daughter. It's Pashat. You can't force your daughter to work for you and not give her food. So if we're talking about a case that the father is not sustaining her, then obviously the girl should receive the, the payment for Shabbos so that she could buy her food. <clears throat> so how could we say that the first price was talking about that the father is not supporting his kids? How then would we be able to understand the part that says but that if she's a minor girl, then the halacha is that he still keeps her Shabbos. But says, Just like he said elsewhere, that the mission could be referring to Hadafa, earnings that are above what she needs to feed herself. We're talking about that what was the minor daughter, we're talking about that it was beyond what she needed. When we say the father gets it, he doesn't get the basic amount. The basic amount that the daughter needs for food, and of course we give to the daughter because the father is not supporting her. But when it goes to the father, it means the extra. It means that the father receives a portion of the award for the, for the Shabbos that's above the amount that this minor katana needs for her support. Says the Gemara. So now we go back to the second price. Minor comes to the best price. So what do we say with the second price? So the second price it says that what someone who who injures their minor children is potter from paying. What did we explain? The cases where they depend on the father's table, so he's not liable for the Shabbos. But says the Gemara. So what did we say? If they're, if they're, but, but, so, so if, so, if other people, if a third party wounds their kids, it says, oh, if they're adults, then they have to pay right away. If they're minors, then we establish a trust. by the It shouldn't go to the father. Meaning, what's the shot? If the kid, if, if the kid was injured by the father, the father's potter, what's the reason? Because the father was supporting them. So, so too, somebody else injures them, we should say the same thing. It should go to the father. What's the difference between if the father injures them, that they are, that the father is potter because he's supporting them, whereas a third party injures, then how come we're saying it goes to the kid? What's the shot? It should also go to the father. So the Gemara says, Amri, kick up, and when does the father mind if the kid is taking the Shabbos? Maybe when it's causing him a financial loss, meaning he's supporting them. He says, I support you, and now when I injure you, I have to pay you Shabbos? That's not right. If it comes from the outside, look up, but he doesn't mind. Meaning if his child was injured by another person, he doesn't mind that the kid gets the Shabbos, because it's not a direct loss. So if it's a direct loss to him, it bothers him, then he's potter. If it comes from a third party, so it's no direct loss to him, it doesn't bother him. And therefore, even though he's supporting the kids, if a third party makes the injury, then the kid takes it. Says the Gemara, well, let's think about it. Bahamut a case where there's something is found. The kid finds a wallet on the street. Comes to the kid from the outside. The father minds if they keep it. The halacha is that when a kid finds something, it goes to the father. As long as the father supports them, then they <coughs> what they find goes to the father. So, even though it's not a financial loss to the father, it's just new money that comes in, still we see the father's copy, he takes it. <coughs> so what's the difference between an injury that a third party does that goes to them, or them finding finding a mitzvah which goes to the father? It says Gmar Amri If it's profit that comes from the outside, and they didn't have any physical pain, the father minds the father minds that he should keep it. So the might say, in other words, even though it's a mitzvah coming from the outside, new profit. But you didn't suffer anything for it, so give it to me. I will have all for an injury. This was out of They had physical pain. I mean, Amal comes from the outside, low cup, and he doesn't mind if they keep it. So he doesn't mind if they keep it because they suffered for it. So if he did it, he minds because he doesn't want to give up his own money. But if it's from the outside and they suffer, then he allows them to keep it. Says the Marvel Awesome by a minor girl. This is the Tzad to It's physical pain. It comes from the outside, but Kakap, but he's still mocked me. Tiktani the Bryson says, It says, by the minor girl, 
by the minor girl, it says that, that if some other people strike her, they have to give to the father. So what's the difference? And that, what, what, what's the difference between the case of the minor girl that goes to the father, even though she suffered, and if there's an adult girl that the father is still supporting, and if she, and if she gets struck, then we say that it goes to her. What's the difference? So the Mar says, Amri, awesome, the God of the Kabbalah. There's something very unique about that case. In the, the Vaisar's first case, so we're talking about a very, like, kaptan, begrudging person. They're not being dependent on a table. He doesn't even support his kids. I feel the And the father minds them taking something that comes from the outside. And the second price, in the second price, uh, where he where he's not a begrudging person, look, that he gives he gives to them. Only if they take only if they take something that makes them a direct financial loss. But he doesn't mind if they take something that comes for them from the outside. So what we're saying is like this: in the first price, uh, we see we're dealing with someone who's who who, who doesn't. Uh, he doesn't support his kids. So deal with, we're dealing with a gaver who's a kaptan. So then he's makbid that when his minor girl gets hurt, that he keeps the money, even though she suffered the injury. But the second price, we're talking about someone who does support the kids. So he is not a makbid. So if he's not a makbid, so if he personally injures them, then maybe maybe that bothers him. But if it comes from the outside, then he is not. So they're coming out that the first price and the second price, we're talking about very two very different scenarios. The first price of... It's talking about when he is not supporting them. The second price is talking about when he is supporting them. If someone is supporting their own kids, so then when he injures them, he is potter. When other people injure them, assuming we see he's a generous person, so when other people injure them, he allows the kids to keep it. The first price is talking about a captain who does not support them. So there, for the minor girl, um, he does, in fact, keep the Shabbos. And when he's not supporting them and he strikes his minor kids, then he would have to pay for them. All right, now we just mentioned that if the kid was a minor, then we, we say instead of giving the money immediately, we make a trust. My what is the trust of Chisamar Sefer Torah? It means that we buy a Sefer Torah and therefore the kid can learn from it. And that's the idea of like, it's like a trust. He has the payros as he learns from it. It's not just a gift, but as he, he's able to have learn from it. Rabbi Wunam that means a palm tree to Gachamine can eat dates. So it means literally like a tree and he's able to eat the fruits now. So now we go back to our original question. Remember, our question was an injury that a minor da- daughter has. Does it, does it go to the minor daughter or does it go to the father? Only He does not receive money for injury. No, he does receive money for wounds that she suffers. We mean literally wounds. In other words, any wound, it could be a thing where it doesn't reduce her value or in any place. Let's say it's on her back or something. That's not something that's going to reduce her value. I feel like we're talking about a real injury. Top of the absolute caspa would lessen her value. Of the law, if caspa, a wound that doesn't lessen her value, just stops some random thing. Local value that we don't inquire about that. If it doesn't lessen her value, then the father certainly has no right to that. So the Gemara explains. We're talking about a case. Yeah, we're talking about a case where someone wounded her in the face and it lessened her value, and therefore there is damage payment. And that's what his opinion was. But Bilkman's opinion was that the father collects it. So and we end up with a maskana, with a machlaikas. If there's an injury that comes to the daughter, um, that causes loss, whether or not the father it goes to the father or whether it goes to the Nara girl.